Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. And a very pleasant good evening to everyone, and welcome to That's Truth. I am Augustine Erskine, along with Pastor David Murphy, and we'll be here in your program tonight on That's Truth. Well, tonight we have a very interesting topic. We're going to be speaking on marijuana, the plant cannabis. We'll be touching the legalization of its use, the recreational use, and the medicinal use and come to you from a biblical point of view. Pastor Murphy, good evening. Good to have you back. Good to be back, and I'd just like to thank the audience for uh, giving us a chance to enter their homes this evening, and I hope that we can provide some answers to this uh, pressing problem, and I hope that we can be um, helpful, giving some biblical answers to this issue. Um, so we're hoping that uh, this evening we'll have a, a healthy engagement with our public. Okay, thank you very much. As we have mentioned before, we are going to deal with the marijuana plant, cannabis, the legalization of its use, the recreational use, and the medical use. Pastor Murphy? Yes, sir. First question I would like to put to you, and I would like to ask you, what is your position on the legalization of marijuana or the decriminalization of the plant? From a pastoral point of view and from a Western West perspective, and having seen the ravages of marijuana in my own family's life and other friends and, and neighbors and some community individuals, uh, I am not a proponent of the legalization of marijuana. I think it is a massive mistake. I think it is short-term folly uh, for the government to try to appease a vocal minority. And I think they've sold out the vested interests and I think in the long term, this country is going to suffer. I think the young people in particular are going to be devastated. And I suspect that in a few years, if the trend continues, uh, we personally would be endangered as we walk the roads with people's minds are twisted and distorted and delusional. Uh, I think that we are in for some real horrid days. And it is regretful, in, in, as far as I am concerned, that the the government has actually proceeded in legalizing uh, marijuana. I think it's a massive mistake, and I think the future will prove that, and history will look back on this day and be recognized that there's infamy and shame that uh, people who knew best uh, didn't have the moral courage to do what was right, and that was to really take this thing by the horn and try to deal with it rather than trying to legalize it. And by doing so, uh, it's going to encourage young people to engage uh, in this activity. The element of shame is going to be gone, and I suspect that we are going to see an increasing use of marijuana 
And uh, we didn't learn for the Jamaica experiment, which ravaged that country with mushrooming dependency, escalating medical costs, and of course enhanced adolescent use, not to mention the incidence of ganja babies. I think the same is going to happen in Antigua, and it's a, a, a time of tragedy as far as I am concerned personally from a pastoral point of view. Thank you very much, Pastor Murphy. But in, um, in spite of what you just said, there are those who will um, say that marijuana is a safe drug with beneficial health effects and that decriminalization will result in considerable saving to the criminal justice system. Uh, my response to that is that marijuana is neither an innocent drug nor uh, a wisdom weed. Um, marijuana does have medicinal use. I don't think there's any reasonable, intelligent person that will dispute that there is medicinal use for marijuana. But that's the domain of the medical profession. It's not the domain of quacks and people who are already sold out to the use of marijuana and who abuse the use of it. Um, I do think that the medical profession, by remaining silent, uh, has done a great disservice to this country because I thought that they should have been the forefront of dealing with this matter, putting this thing in perspective so that we have a balanced understanding of the repercussions of the use of marijuana. And I think that by being silent and being muted for whatever reason, I don't know if they're, um, I'm not going to speculate, not going to judge people's motives, but I do feel that the medical profession uh, should have given us a better balanced approach to this matter. The, as far as the recreational use of marijuana is concerned, uh, I, I don't think any Christian can endorse that. Uh, medicinal use, yes. Um, there are so many complications and so many detrimental effects of the use of marijuana that when one looks not just at what is perceived to be positive medical use, but look at the recreational use of it and how it affects uh, the person who uses it, uh, I think anyone who's aware of those effects uh, should be greatly concerned that we are now legalizing the recreational use of the drug. For example, let, let's just talk about some of the physical effects of marijuana for just a moment. Anyone who has any smudging of wisdom should know that any time you inhale any form of smoke, it's going to affect your lungs. So let's take that for just a moment, uh, the actual inhalation of marijuana. Um, the results, uh, you're going to have breathing problems. Uh, you might have a daily cough and phlegm like a, a, a person who smokes cigarettes. Uh, the lungs uh, can be damaged and can become infected. Uh, and this harmful effect, uh, how is that going to benefit the person physically? Uh, it's going to be, it's just like smoking. Uh, they tell us that there are more cancer-causing agents in marijuana than there is in cigarettes. There's people who would debate that. But let's lay aside that debate for just a moment. Just the taking in of the smoke itself, the detrimental effect that's going to have. And then three hours after you smoke marijuana, uh, your heart rate increases for three hours. How is that going to help the heart? That's like turbocharging the heart, and it increases the prospect of heart attack. Uh, think of the effect that it has on children for just a moment, the development of children. During pregnancy, uh, it increases the risk of brain damage to the child, 
and also enhances the possibility of behavioral problems. Uh, Children who are born to parents, especially moms who use marijuana, they have serious attention span problems. Uh, They have problems with their memory and they have problems with problem solving. How in the world is that going to help the next generation? Uh, So from a physical uh, level alone, uh, you can see clearly that it has some very negative, serious effects uh, on the person who uses it. We could talk about other things like the mental effect. Um, There's disorganized thinking. Uh, People who use marijuana extensively, they're suicidal thoughts, they have memory lapses, and they have cognitive impairment. You only have to talk to any person on the street who is using marijuana who thinks he's in a higher level of consciousness. Uh, He is speaking wisdom, and you can't even decode what he's saying. But he thinks he's very smart and very intelligent. That's because he is suffering from what is called cognitive impairment. Uh, How is that going to help our young people concentrate on their schoolwork and, 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 and prof- produce professionals who can excel at any, 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 any discipline. So it's going to have uh, those mental effects. And then what about the psychological effects? Depression, anxiety. Uh, a person who uses marijuana, for example, is six times more likely to suffer from schizophrenia. What about hallucinations? The fact that they sometimes hear voices and see things. Uh, what is called uh, visual distortions and audiological distortions, the hearing of voices. There's no doubt that people who use marijuana have paranormal phenomenon. They see things, they hear things. Uh, This is uh, delusion, this is distortion, but how does it help the person to really cope with with life uh, when it affects that person so negatively? And then what about the moral effects of marijuana? Any place where you find drugs, including marijuana, crack, cocaine, you just name it, there's always a significant lowering of the morality of that society. Standards drop, values drop, dress declines, appearance changes, language is altered, and the common decency that was traditional, that is all swiped away and gone in a moment, all because of this fluidity of morality that develops from a person who embraces um, the use of marijuana. Okay, Pastor Murphy, are you saying that Everyone who uses um, marijuana have the same effect? No, that's the problem, because people will dispute with you that they don't feel these effects. Uh, And this is where the problem comes in. Um, Some people argue that they could use it and it doesn't affect them uh, in any significant way. But my experience from my family and people that I've known and people that I even know today uh, you can virtually look at a person who has been using marijuana for a period of time and realizes that there's something wrong, psychologically wrong. Uh, his whole appearance changes. In most cases, he, he is anorexic. He's become so thin and um, worn, uh, he doesn't seem to see it. But everybody around him realizes that he has lost his appetite, Uh, He's lost weight. He's not gaining any weight. He's not a normal person physically, but he doesn't seem to... uh, And then marijuana takes over his entire life. He lives for marijuana. He lives for that high, for that that joint. Um, I haven't um, met anybody that uses marijuana to any great extent that I have not felt that there's something wrong with that individual, whether socially or uh, intellectually or or morally or psychologically. There's an element of change that takes place in that. I don't care who he is, whether he be a university lecturer, 
whether it be an ordinary individual walking the streets, uh, certainly not somebody in the church. Uh, so I I recognize that that's the claim, that it doesn't affect everybody uh, the same way. But are we not to protect? Uh, are we not to protect the vulnerable, the most vulnerable in society, those who are strong enough? Uh, should we therefore let their liberty be used to destroy those who are less able to handle this thing mentally? Uh, the, the, the government's responsibility has always to protect the poor and the vulnerable. And in the case of Marwan, I think this is the position that they should have taken. You mentioned that there are folks, they, you could look on them and their bodies and see that they are smoking marijuana. But there are those who believe and their studies that say that it helps to build your appetite, mm-hmm. especially folks with um, HIV. It helps to build their appetite. Yeah, that's why I said to you that the medicinal use of marijuana is not an issue that is up to debate. Everybody agrees that they're, they're, they're good. Look, everything that God has created has a use. But we're living in a fallen world. And the curse did not only affect man, it affected the entire world that we're living in. And that's why we have medical people who can do the studies and do the tests and uh, extract from the marijuana plant those elements or those those items that you find within the, the marijuana plant that could be helpful uh, medicinally. So we're not disputing that today, but what we're, what we're contending here is that we have to avoid uh, giving a carte blanche uh, laissez-faire attitude towards this whole matter where uh, it can be used indiscriminately. It's a very harmful drug. Um, for, <laughs> look, from a pastor's point of view, I think the greatest damage of the use of marijuana, and, and this is not just marijuana, this is any drug that alters the mind. Um, any drug that alters the mind is a dangerous drug from a spiritual perspective. One cannot read the scriptures without being convinced that the Bible puts a tremendous premium on having the control of the mind. The emphasis on the scriptures on the mind because God communicates to us through propositional truth, written word. So the mind is vitally important. And that's why there's so much emphasis in the Bible on the mind being used to study the Scripture, to interpret the Scripture, to appropriate the Scripture and apply the Scripture. Because it's the truth of Scripture that has a transforming effect in a person's life. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is this. When you are using a mind-altering drug, you are opening your mind to what I call evil supernaturalism. There are not only... uh, good spiritual forces, God as angels, uh, etc. But there are fallen angelic beings called demons that are looking for opportunities to creep into a person's life. And when the door of the mind is open to this so-called higher experience, this higher consciousness, when a person has no control of their mind, the door of their mind swings open and they now become possible victims of either being demonized, that is influenced by demonic powers, or that demonic power can set up resident in that person's life and begin to control that person so they lose control of their will and their power. And I think this is substantially what has happened to a great deal of people who use marijuana. They are in bondage, serious bondage. They don't recognize it. 
But if some of them were honest and they were to speak to you, they're hearing voices, they're seeing things, and they are completely befuffled by why this is happening. But they have forgotten they've opened a door to demonic powers that now take up residence and will use their power and their influence to destroy that person, to my mind. That is what I consider to be the greatest use of any mind-altering drug, a witch. Marijuana is one of them. It is not an innocent drug. And anyone that makes that claim either doesn't understand the spiritual warfare we're in or who doesn't really understand what marijuana does to the mind in that regard. Pastor Murphy, if you talk to a Rasta man, you'll find he come to you with a lot of scripture mm-hmm. and and. He get inspiration when he uses the marijuana to interpret the Bible and that's draw him closer to God instead of to the devil. My problem with the Rastafarian uh, is not that he doesn't have a right to hold his religion, but his butterfly human hermeneutics that he uses to interpret the Bible. He has no rational basis for deciding what is of God and what he said is corrupted by the European. Uh, he has a subjective opinion of Scripture. He selects what he wants to believe, and uh, and that's my problem with him. You you can't have an intelligent talk with a Rastafarian about the Bible, because the moment you take into verse of Scripture that doesn't fall in line with his thinking, he says the white man corrupts that. The European has corrupted it. So his butterfly hermeneutics enables him to pretty much take any verse of Scripture that supports his viewpoint. He's not looking for truth. He's looking for to support what he already believes to be truth. And that's the dilemma that the Rasta finds himself in. Look, if any man or any woman needs a drug to put you in contact with God, you're not serving and you're not going after the true and the living God. The true and the living God is not found through a drug. If you're using a drug to find God, that is called sorcery. That's what the Bible, sorcery. Sorcery has always been the use of a drug to alter the mind, to get in contact with some spirit world. And that substantially, whether the Rasta understands what he's doing or not, is what is happening to him. He sincerely believes he's in contact with some, some higher conscious being. But what he does not realize is that he's deceived totally deceived because there's no reference in scripture whatsoever of the use of any herb to get in contact with a true and the living God. It is always that God has given to the believer his spirit and through the study of the spirit of God, the, the, the scriptures, the spirit of God opens the believer's mind to truth about God. And when the believer appropriates that truth by faith, that is a life transforming word that brings a radical change in his life. The Rasta knows nothing about that. His spirit is not the Holy Spirit. His spirit is Ganja. And if he doesn't realize his error and his mistake, uh, he is in for a shock and a surprise when he meets the true and the living God and has to give an account for his life. Because in spite of the fact that he claims to follow the Bible, he's going contrary to the fundamental teaching of scriptures. Thank you very much, Pastor Murphy. But um, there are those who will still say that the, the marijuana gave them that inspiration, that... Um, Overstanding of the Bible, and because you never use it, you don't have that kind of understanding. I don't need to use something that the Bible 
uh, speaks nothing about, okay? Uh, and by the way, we're living in an age where truth really doesn't matter any longer. Is what I personally feel. I, In other words, we want to be authentic. Authentic means that we want to be who we really are. We want to be ourselves. Uh, the biblical model is not you being you authenticating yourself. The biblical model is always you denying self, crucifying self, and submitting to God's will. That's the biblical model. We were living in an age where every man wants to be autonomous. He wants to make his own decision. He doesn't want anybody telling him anything. He doesn't want scripture telling him anything. He wants to be a God and not realizing that while pretending to be a God, he's really a slave to his self-indulgence. And that's the error uh, of the modern man. He thinks he's free and liberated when in truth and fact he's in bondage uh, to his own self-will and his own self-desires, contrary to scripture. Now, I've seen on television where this artist was saying that marijuana makes him more creative. Uh, now, I don't dispute that either. I mean, Bob Marley, you watch Bob Marley playing on television uh, some of his songs, you can see that he's out of this world. No question about that. He's, he's there, but he's not there. You can look in his eyes and see he's in a different place. But again, uh, we must <laughs> always remember that the enemy of man's soul can use even what God has provided to so distort what we experience, to lead us down a dark alley. Uh, let me use an illustration for just a moment. I read a book sometime uh, about the New Age movement. Most people know about the New Age movement. The New Age movement is one of these weird uh, movements that believe in crystal balls and believe in um, avatars and ascended masters and um, the idea is to, to be in contact with some of these higher beings who have been elevated, etc., etc. And I was reading a book where the, this guy who was involved in that kind of a Phenomenon talked about his own experience where he did go through one of these marvelous experiences with the New Age movement and he said that he was taken out of his body he was being carried into the heavens and he saw this brilliant light and he was moving towards this light and he said as he was moving towards this, this light he was in awe of this light but then suddenly something happened his movement was interrupted and he was taken behind the light and he said he never saw such darkness in all his life. That was a turning point in his life because he believed that God at that moment intervened in his life to take him behind what was perceived to be light and showed him this massive darkness that he had never felt before. After he returned to his out of his experience, that was a turning point in his life. He began to realize that what seemed to be light was actually darkness. And I think that is what has taken place in the use of these different type of drugs. Uh, by the way, why do people use drugs in any case, including marijuana? Well, they're looking for enlightenment. Uh, again, did not God give us his Holy Spirit to enlighten us? Is he not a spirit of illumination? Do we need to turn to some drug to find enlightenment? Has marijuana now become the substitute for the Spirit of God that is given to the believers that had not understand the Scripture? What are other, why do people use drugs? For empowerment. But again, do we not have the Spirit of God to give us the power to live the Christian life and to deal with our problems and our issues? Another reason, of course, is to escape reality. Uh, the problems of life, the difficulties of life, uh, the traumas, all of these things become an avalanche and almost bury us. And sometimes we feel so helpless. But again, does not the Scripture say that not by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord? Does not God give? We don't need to escape reality. 
We need to be empowered to face reality, and that power comes from the living Christ and, of course, the Holy Spirit. Other people use marijuana for euphoria. They want some kind of elusive happiness or temporary happiness. Again, is not the Holy Spirit called the spirit of joy and peace? What the Spirit of God does is what the person who uses marijuana is trying to find. And that is why it's a form of idolatry. What God offers through His Spirit, you're now trying to find fulfillment through the use of a drug. You're replacing the Holy Spirit with ganja. And if that isn't idolatry, I don't know what idolatry is. And of course, the other reason people do drugs is for enhancement. And there is some deficiency, and they feel inadequate, and they're trying to find something to fill that void and give them reason for moving on. Again, uh, do we not have the living Christ? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So what people are trying to find through the use of marijuana, God has supplied through His Spirit and through His Son, who sits in heaven and reigns supreme, there to intercede for us. And when we need help and mercy in time of need, we turn to the living Christ. We don't need ganja. Pastor Murphy, so you're saying that the use of marijuana is a sin? I am saying not only the use of marijuana, I am saying the use of any drug to fulfill those things. Enlightenment, empowerment, escape, euphoria, enhancement. Uh, If you are anything you're using to substitute the Lord, uh, I'm not talking about, again, let's be very, very clear in our mind. The medicinal use of marijuana, like the medicinal use of the venom from a rattlesnake, it has a legitimate purpose. So I'm not disputing the proper use of uh, what what ingredients and, and the chemicals you can get from marijuana medicinally. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the recreational use of marijuana to lift you, to empower you, to enhance you, to, to give you an aesthetic experience, um, to enlighten you. I'm saying to you, that is wrong. They thank you very much for listening to that. Stuart Pastor Murphy, Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, every tree with seed in its fruits you should have for food. And also in Psalm 104, verse 14, the Bible said that God gave herb for the service of man. So, they're making use of what God has provided for them. Yeah, I am not, uh, I think nobody is going to question the correct use of herbs for the service of man. But again, I repeat, there are things that belong to the domain of the medical profession. The reason why we send doctors to study for seven years, the reason why we, we invest so much in education, is that the average man has, haven't got the capacity to break down these products and these items and, and, and decide and, and, and do experimentation, et cetera, et cetera. All the advance in science that we've had in terms of the, the medicine, et cetera, has been the result of many years of study, many years of experiment, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not, we're not questioning that. I mean, but again, I want to remind yourself that we're living in a cursed world. Don't ever forget that point. Everything that God made has a purpose, but not everything that God made is good for you as it is. Uh, there are certain plants that you can eat and there's not a problem. There are other plants that you can eat that can kill you. So you have to be able to discern. You can't just say because God gave, therefore we can eat everything and use everything. That, in a sense, is not even common sense. That's nonsensical. The reason why people use these kind of arguments is that they've already built into their mindset 
They want to use the drug, and they're trying to find a rationale that would endorse the use of the drug. And therefore, they don't search the scriptures to find the truth. They're trying to find, trying a verse of scripture that will support what they already committed themselves to. And I think that's the, the mistake. You don't try to, you don't come to a decision, then you go to scripture to find something to support it. As you read the scripture, uh, let the Bible teach you and inform you. But just trying to find a, a proof text just to support something you want to do. People do that all the time, and it's completely wrong in terms of how you exegete Scripture and explain Scripture. By the way, let me just mention something here, brother, if I may. Uh, another argument that I've heard is the economic part of it. The the fact that, uh, you know, we'll be able to grow marijuana, and now we will sell marijuana and make lots of money. <laughs> I smile when I hear that because... Again, we go back to the biblical teaching that the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, I never forget that the love of money is the root of all evil. Some people say, well, we, we make money through cigarettes, we make money through alcohol, therefore we should make money through marijuana. But I want to ask you a question. Because of one vice and another vice, do we add another vice now to the situation? Does it make it right because it makes money? And, and I would also add, it's a, to my mind, it's a myth to think that we in the Caribbean would be able to produce uh, our special strain of marijuana that will capture the world and we will gain a market share. Listen, the technology is so sophisticated today and the amount of research that's being done in the states like California and those parts of the world, there's no way we in the Caribbean will ever be able to compete with America in terms of marketing and selling and developing this product. So it's a myth for anyone to think that we will be on, have a competitive edge in the global market when it comes to the sale of marijuana. As a matter of fact, we will see the detrimental effect of that in the long term, both from a health perspective, a social perspective, and also from an economic perspective. And the ruin of the lives of our people, young, are going to suffer uh, to a greater extent, I think, than the old in this regard. The other thing, quickly, is about the social effect of this this, this thing of marijuana. Uh, look, any use of drug especially um, a drug like marijuana that's a mind-altering drug, you're going to have increase in crime. The, the, the fact that the government has now legalized, I think, uh, was it 15 grams of cannabis and every household can now have four plants. <laughs> if you think that's going to solve the marijuana problem in this country, you're sadly mistaken. You're still going to have the guy who is the, the pusher the guy that imports, the guy that manufactures it, uh, he is going to have his crime syndicate. He is going to guard his territory. So rather than crime decreasing, don't be surprised if crime increases, right? The other factor, of course, you're not going to have a marijuana subculture. There are young people today who do not engage in marijuana use, and if they do it, they do it in secret. Now they're emboldened. Uh, children turn nine in school. Uh, how are you going to stop him from smoking marijuana? Uh, the the stigma is gone. It's now legalized. So you are now going to encourage a more extensive use of marijuana in terms of experimentation and involvement. And then, of course, you're going to have higher school dropouts. You're going to have increased uh, job absenteeism, where people who smoke marijuana can't function as they should normally, and then you're going to have increase of accidents and injuries on the job because of mind-altering drug, the use of it, uh, you lose your perspective, uh, and uh, this is going to create all kinds of problems. You're going to have dysfunctional families. Think now of mom, a marijuana smoker, dad, a marijuana smoker, and all four children, marijuana smokers. Can you imagine a home like that? Can anyone with a good conscience believe 
that that is a legitimate expression of the family. Uh, and then think of the drain on the public purse. purse. Because you're going to have more people addicted. You're going to need to give more medical treatment. More money has to be invested in the educational program, dealing with people who are addicts. And then add to all of this, marijuana is a gateway to stronger drugs. Anyone that's ever used any kind of drug knows that you never, you're always trying to receive the high you had at first. And you have to use more and more and more until the body develops a tolerance for it. And once the body develops a tolerance for it, you don't feel the same effect. But that, that first encounter, that, that encounter, this out-of-world encounter, uh, that seemed to be one that you never forget. You always strive to achieve that. And that moves the person into trying higher drugs to attain what the marijuana cannot, uh, cannot give. So you, you complicate the problem. To my mind, as a pastor, it is total madness. Uh, to believe that you solve the problem by legalizing it. But Pastor Murphy, those who um, promote um, the legalization of marijuana, they say it's designed to reduce the demand of its use. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. The legalization of alcohol and legalization of cigarettes, did it, did it reduce demand? I mean, looking at it, the thing of this is that we're living in a schizophrenic society and a schizophrenic age where we're not governed by absolutes and truth any longer. We're, we're governed by statistics. We're governed by public opinion. We're governed by the desire that man is autonomous. Man has now become so mature and so developed, he no longer needs the dictates of God's word to guide his thinking. He is now operating uh, purely on the basis of his rationality. He doesn't need revelation. So we are now gone down the slippery slope of total confusion where we don't know right from wrong any longer. And we're trying to please everybody. And in the process, we're creating a chaotic world. And anyone that uh, has been living like for my period of lifetime uh, can see the chaos uh, and can see that's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. Uh, so I am puzzled that highly intelligent people uh, could be so misguided when the statistics and the facts are so there, and observation itself will say to anyone that the legalization of marijuana can never decrease its use. It's going to get enhance its use. So I don't follow the argument. Thank you, Pastor Murphy. We have a question here. Say, good job, Pastor Murphy. But here's the question. What advice would you give to the parent whose child is smoking marijuana? Look, if I had a child who was smoking marijuana... We would have a serious talk. Uh, I think you have to put the information in his hand. Um, um, work with him and let do, do some research together. Go on the computer and uh, because listen, we're living the information age. There's hardly anything you want to find out that you can't do it. So work with them. Let them see what are the detrimental effects of of the use of the drug. The other thing I would do with him, I would take him up to the psychiatric hospital um, uh, just up here by the. The the, uh, the basketball place. Just take him there and let him see the young men whose brains are cooked. Let him talk to the nurses in that compound and ask them, why are these young men here? And they will tell you, because I've been there myself. I've spoken to the nurses there, okay? And uh, they've told me the same thing. Most of these guys up here because of drugs. And the main drug is marijuana. So I don't buy the idea. So I will let my child see exactly the real effects of it. And the other thing I would do uh, with this young man is that I would search the scriptures. If he's a if he's my child and he's a believer, 
and I will try to find out if he can discover anywhere in Scripture where we are authorized uh, as a Christian to depend on any mind-altering drug uh, to either transform our lives or enhance our lives or enlighten us. Uh, there's no biblical support that. And then, of course, it will take him to the, the creation story uh, to let him understand that God created, but we're living in a fallen world. And because we're living in a fallen world, it doesn't mean that everything that is there is just to be naturally used. And then, of course, if I have a good medical professor, uh, a good medical doctor uh, who understands the real harmful use of marijuana, I would, uh, even if it's, it's cost me, to, to, to go to his office and sit down with my son and explain the, the dangers of this, 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 this drug. But I will do everything in my power to uh, encourage my son from desisting from the use of marijuana. Uh, practical things that I would do, I would search his bag. Uh, no child who lives in my home uh, has total independence. He's living under my roof. So the idea that because he's a certain age, he ought to be given his independence and he ought to interfere in his privacy, that's a myth. He's living under my home. He's living under my authority. I have a right to make sure that what comes into my house, and I need to check on that, and I will deal with him on that, that part. And then, of course, there'll be certain penalties, depending on his age, uh, in terms of the use of marijuana. So those are just some practical things. I, and, and don't forget, don't ever forget this, the element of prayer in the life of your child uh, hug him, pray with him uh, about this matter that the Lord would deliver him from this desire. And if you need to exercise, depending on the age of the child, uh, some kind of punishment, whether it be taking away his allowance, whether it be grounding him, whether it be, depending on his age, the use of corporal punishment. But there should be some some pain felt uh, whether it be psychological or physical or whatever, uh, in regards to deal with your child. But you need to salvage your child. Don't just accept the use of marijuana. Um, you play an active role to make sure he doesn't bring home marijuana. When he leaves home, he doesn't take marijuana. Check with his school as well. Check with the headmistress. Find out his friends that he's moving with, what group he's moving with. Uh, watch who he goes and plays with on weekends. So there's several things you can do as a parent. Thank you very much, Pastor Murphy, and I would like to thank that listener from Liberta Village here in Antigua for that question. And Pastor Murphy, I would advise that um, parent, if that child is not saved, he needs to be saved. Yeah. Let me talk from experience. Sure. I know I, I used to smoke marijuana. I was in the Rasta movement, but I'm now born again. I'm a Amen. child of God. And I know that it used to be a struggle between my mother and I. And she used to insist that I stop using marijuana. But I used to say, it's my life. Let me um, live my life. Mm-hmm. But God brought me to that place where I realized that it's not marijuana. It is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you repent from your sins and put your faith and trust in him, he will make the difference and you will become a new creature in Christ. And I could tell you, I never had the urge to use marijuana again. Amen. Well, I'm glad you had a, a mother who was strong. And uh, I, I heartily endorse the fact that Christ is a transforming power. We are not serving a dead Christ. We are serving a living Christ. And I don't care what form of addiction a person has, whether it be addiction to marijuana, crack, cocaine, addiction to sex, addiction to gambling, addiction to pornography. I don't care what kind of addiction a person has. We offer them hope. 
in the gospel. The transforming power of the gospel changes lives, and you are a very good example of that. And thank God that your mom uh, was able to to use her influence to try to wean you uh, to the Christian faith. You know, early on you mentioned that um, the use of marijuana is an escape from reality. And I truly believe so. It's an escape from reality. There are many young people today. They are like hopeless. Sometimes they are out of a job and they can't stand the pressure. And they are family problems, emotional problems, all these things um, people are experiencing. And so to escape the reality of life, they turn to these kinds of substances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Erskine, I, would, I, I feel very strongly that the most demeaning aspect to manhood is for a man to be at an age where he's to be independent and he's jobless. I think there's nothing more demeaning to a man than not to be able to support himself and if he has a family. So the aspect of being disillusioned because jobs are not available, et cetera, et cetera, I understand that. Uh, but I would like to say to, uh, to uh, that, uh, anyone that is faced with any kind of an issue of that nature, look, the answer is not turning to a drug. The answer is turning to Christ. Christ, I don't care if you are jobless. I don't, I, I, I don't care if you've lost a partner. I, I know I'm not too concerned if a relationship has broken you. Whatever has broken you and whatever is controlling you and maybe not giving you the satisfaction you need in life, Christ can heal that. And what you need is a relationship with Him. Start with Him. Uh, try Him. And I will... I can guarantee you that if you genuinely, authentically turn to Him, uh, let Him find you at where you are and ask Him to work in your life to bring you to where He wants you to be. Not where you want to be now. It's important to understand that. Uh, but where He wants you to be. Um, one of the great mistakes I think that people make today is to tell people they can be anything they want to be. I've never heard a greater myth than that. You cannot be anything you want to be, anybody you want to be. You can be any person God has designed you to be. And I think that we've all got under the bandwagon misleading people with making nice-sounding words that have no real base in reality. So I'm saying to you that the Lord can meet you where you are, and the Lord can move you in the direction what He's designed your life to be. That's what you want, and He can help you from where you are to bring you to where He wants you to be. He has that power to do that. You just have to depend upon Him. Pastor Murphy, you know, I have seen a trend among Caribbean men, and definitely I believe we are losing our men in the Caribbean. And here's this question, Pastor Murphy. Mm-hmm. Are there negative social impact of the use of marijuana in the Caribbean, especially? Well, I mentioned uh, the matter of the negative social impacts already. I, I talk about the emerging uh, subculture of drug use. And a lot of this, if you look, the men are the predominant individuals in this matter. Look, we're losing our young men to the use of drugs. No question about that. You don't have to take my word for this. Let me suggest to you a few things. Number one, as I mentioned, go up to the psychiatric hospital here in Antigua and see the the young men that are there. It'll break your heart. Look at the guys on the block, on the street, and uh, you pass, and the spliff of marijuana, the smell of it is there. Uh, We're losing a generation, uh, clearly. Um, In our schools, who are excelling today, it's the ladies who are excelling. 
Now, I have my own theory about that, which I could share with you at another time. But clearly, uh, part of the problem there that our young men are interested in in, in two things, basically, girls and athletics. And uh, pleasure, basically. And again, this is where the marijuana use comes in. Uh, it enhances the pleasure zones of a person's life. So uh, our young men are losing out big time. And now we've gone and legalized it. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned this before, and I forgot about it, but I met a police lady. I was at a function. Uh, at the um, They were having a social transformation meeting, and I was part of it. Uh, they were trying to come up with some laws, et cetera, et cetera dealing with the uh, social issues in Antigua. And there was a police lady that was there. Um, my youth pastor was there with me as well. And we got to talking about um, marijuana. And she lamented that the, the government was even countenancing the legalization of marijuana. She deals with kids who are 10, 11, 12, and 13 in the schools who are using marijuana. And I had no idea. The problem was so grave in this country. But then when she was, we were talking about the legalizing of it, she was totally distraught that any government would consider the legalization of marijuana in lieu of the fact of the kind of problems she had to deal with in the schools at that young age. See, So I, I, I just think that, uh, I'm not too sure if this thing was thought too carefully. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because of... Um, Votes the you know winning the favor of people to ingratiate yourself with uh, a particular group. I don't know. I don't have to win the 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 rasters over to your cause. I don't have the slightest idea. But what I would say this: I do not think seriously that uh, this should have been done. It's already been done, and the government has a right to enact laws and legislation. But we also have a right to to voice our differences in respect to this matter. As a pastor, I think it was a massive mistake. I think this country is going to pay for it in the future. And those of you who doubt me, uh, go to Jamaica and see what the, the Jamaica experiment has done in Jamaica. Talk to Jamaica about what is called the Ganja Babies, and you will see the great lamentation that will come to Antigua in a few years. So, But I think it is affecting our young men more in particular than it is our, the, the ladies. And that's another uh, way that we are, in a way, uh, I wouldn't say demoralizing, but demasculizing our men in that regard. I was also told, by the way, that the incidence of male impotency uh, is shocking, that people, some even in their 20s and 30s, are, are impotent. And again, that is another effect of the use of marijuana, in case you don't know that. It does lead to a level of impotence. So everything seems to be against the men today, including the legalization of marijuana. So there's serious social impact on the use of marijuana from our men. Pastor Murphy, let me ask you this question. Should but, brother, please- be- before you go on, may I, I want to share something with the public from my, my that's quick t- t- experiences. Uh, let me just share with the public uh, one or two real life true t- True experiences or not, didn't read this in the book. This really happened. Uh, let me talk about my sister for just a moment. Uh, I have a sister who, her boyfriend was a raster. Um, the only drug he's ever used is marijuana. It's never gone beyond marijuana. And I can tell you what happened to her. Uh, they were sitting in a home, uh, just having lunch, and just out of the clear blue. He gets her from his seat, goes into the 
back of the, uh, the kitchen, comes back with a knife and stabs her up. Fortunately for her, it was not, it was a bread knife. So she has all kinds of scars over her body. And again, she never pressed charges because a voice told him to attack her. And he did. I have another friend, uh, when I was a pastor in, in St. Vincent, uh, a guy who was the deputy headmaster of a primary school there. Um, he has all, only drug he's ever used is marijuana. He's in his home, and a voice tells him, go next door and attack the police. Now, this guy leaves his home. He knows how he gets out of his house. Up to today, he can't tell you how he got into the home of the policeman. But he went in there, and he attacked the police because the voice told him to attack the police. I was in Bridgetown. Uh, that's a village outside of, uh, in, 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 uh, not just in Barbados, but a village in, in, uh, in, in St. Vincent called Bridgetown. I was preaching a series of messages there, and I was preaching on... Uh, John chapter 8, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. While I was dealing with that matter, I uh, I got into the subject of drugs, and I started warning uh, about the how drugs can enslave people and how Christ can set them free. I remember after the service, a young man came to me, and he said, Pastor, what you're saying is exactly right. Pastor, we have a question from a caller in Tartula. Sure. And they ask asking, how do you go about a Christian, or as a Christian, and your husband is not a Christian, and he smokes marijuana? I think there has to be some level of submissive confrontation. And I'm using the word submissive confrontation because uh, whatever you do as a wife, it must not be seen as disrespectful to your husband. The male ego is so prominent that any time you demolish a man's ego, he's going to be defensive. That's a given. So if you feel that it's a problem between uh, yourself, your, your husband is smoking marijuana or, or some, using some other drug, my counsel and advice to you would be to give some serious thought of how you're going to approach him. I think timing is another factor. Uh, I don't want to seem crude or disrespectful but most women wait to discuss problem issues at bedtime it's the wrong time men are not interested in talking issues at bedtime basically so i would suggest that you give some serious thought to it if it's a matter you're sure about it you're concerned about it um set up a date uh whether it be that your birthday or his birthday whatever a surprise date uh where the two of you can be alone and um Always butter him up first before you attempt to criticize him. Always point out the good things that you admire him, etc., etc. Build him up. And then after you build him up, then you can broach the question and discuss it and share with him your concern and get some feedback. I think our time is up, so I'm going to have to probably deal with that next time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor Murphy. We have now come to the end of our program for tonight. It's a pleasure to have you joining us here on That's Truth. Thanks to those who have sent in their question via WhatsApp. We do appreciate you doing so. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kilohertz AM. Or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. 
Looking forward to having you join us next time.